What's good, fam? This is your boy Dijon, and this is how to be a motherfucking legend. Yeah! This is the place to be for inspiration and the realization of your full creative potential. Uh huh. Each episode, we're gonna be sharing tips uh. and insights to help you unlock the greatness that is already inside of you. Okay. What's up, motherfucking legends? Today I'm here with one of my newest friends, Dr. Alex Party. Thanks for being here, Alex. Pleasure. Alex, you're currently in Bristol in the UK, correct? Correct. When Alex and I got connected, she was also in the LA area. I believe you're your place had maybe just been affected by the fires. Yeah. Yeah. So she was having to scramble and then we got connected because we both hired the same business coach, this woman named Katarina Satori, who is a very powerful teacher and has assisted both of us to step into our power. And she connected us on this app via Voxer. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm excited to walk this journey. And I was like, hey, I'm at LAX, headed back to um, maybe San Francisco at the time. I, I would love to connect. And she was like, I'm at LAX right now, headed to, where were you headed then? Was it London then? I think I was flying back to London exactly that day, yeah. 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 But it was just a really synchronous connection that we, we met and were in the same place, even though we didn't physically meet because we were both at different points in the airport. But it definitely feels aligned, so... I'm excited to have you. So Alex is a doctor, like in a traditional Western sense. And what kind of medicine do you practice? I used to be an ER physician. So in England, we call that A&E, which is accident and emergency. But in the States, it's ER. Mm, okay. So she is well-versed in the Western ways of medicine, but also she's very in touch with a more indigenous form of healing through psychedelics, which is very interesting to me. I have a lot of experience and she has a lot of experience facilitating awakenings and expansion for people. So I would love to hear more about um, how you got involved with that work and maybe about your own introduction to psychedelics. Yeah, gosh. Well, essentially, it just kept finding me, you know, like I, I dabbled in a little bit here and there in my 20s. But then when I was 27, and in Mexico, just at the end of the Mayan calendar, I kept on having ayahuasca presented to me. And it was just like, what is this ayahuasca? And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So I'm pretty open minded. I was like, go on then. And literally, like, classic meme changed my life. Um, ayahuasca changed my life. <laughs> so basically, um, that was six years ago and I've just been walking a path of my own healing of my own understanding of what it means to heal, which I was painstakingly oblivious to as a medical professional. And yeah, it's just been a beautiful unfolding. And I think naturally when one walks the healing journey, eventually you get to a point where you want that for other people. And, mm. um, whether or not that means empowering them through business or physically healing the body or working with the emotional body and all of it's connected. It was, yeah, it just kind of naturally started unfolding and that's where I'm at now. Wonderful. So 
what's one major shift you noticed in your own life like after you were doing ayahuasca consistently or a few times what's one way your life shifted the main thing was being reconnected to my intuition my heart and my gut <clears throat> which are all slightly different but before it was like the brain was the logic the rational mind was the master and we all know that that makes a really poor master so ayahuasca was like no it's your heart it's your gut it's you've got to trust your gut instinct you've got to go with that and so essentially for the next four years i just spent that time following my highest excitement anything that was just like yes that excites me yes that makes my pulse quicken or my my everything just says yes in my body that was that was the path i walked mm. love it yeah i live that way as well so you made a distinction between your intuition and your heart and your gut. I would love to hear what the differences are to you. To me, the heart is, is the heart. It's like a very loving, caring place. And it feels like when you're not in a state of resistance, you can just settle in that place. And if you're in a place of self-worth, you can, you can rest in that space. And it's, it's a very loving space. But then when you drop down, but differentiating between the gut and the intuition is a bit harder. Mm. But essentially the gut to me is almost like I feel it viscerally in my gut. Like that's why I think it's called the gut instinct, but I can feel it in my stomach. It's much more stomach related. Whereas intuition for me as a woman is, it's just like a knowing. It's like that thing where you, you kind of know, and then if you if you go against that feeling, something's nagging in the corner of your psyche, and you're just not sure what, but it's like something's off. And if you don't listen to it, that's when things go wrong. <laughs> mm, yeah. So that's how I differentiate between those three things, and I'm sure we could stratify that in different ways, but that's the essence of it. Mm. Yeah. I feel like for me, I'm getting clarity as you were describing it, and... For me, it seems like maybe the intuition comes from like spirit. It's like divine guidance. You know, it's like your spirit helpers, like whispering in your ear, like this way, this way. And your gut is maybe more based on your personal experience, you know? So it's like, let's say you've been in a relationship and it's toxic, right? And you're out of that relationship, but then your ex calls back, you know, like six months later and like there's a part of you that wants to believe it'll be different. And then you agree to meet with them. And like, as you're on your way there, you have that feeling in your gut that like doesn't feel good. Right. That's like your body being like, no, like I don't want to do this. You know, yeah. um, that's, that's kind of what I think of as like the gut feeling. I hear what you're saying there. It's almost like a visceral felt thing that's from like past experiences, either in this lifetime or before, but it's kind of like known in the system. Right, right. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Navigating those things is is crucial. And I feel like it is outside of the mind. And the sooner we can accept that it's not a logical thing and just follow it, the easier it will be. Like um, this last weekend, there were, there's always stuff going on in LA. Everyone's always putting on amazing events. And, you know, if you're not careful, it's easy not to create time for rest and integration because you're either creating something yourself or going to support something that someone else has created. 
and someone wanted to have me over for what they said was like a healing journey for me, but it was facilitated with like 10 other people and I didn't really know what was going to be going on and I knew mushrooms were a part of it. And I was just like, I'm just not up for that, you know? And I, I felt bad because they wanted to do something nice, but I knew in my heart that it wasn't where I wanted to invest my energy. Like I just wanted to rest. So it was like stepping away from that people pleasing and just speaking my truth and being like, Hey brother, like so grateful that you wanted to do this. And, and I just want to be by myself today. So like, I'm not going to come, you know? Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Like I've had two client calls today and we both covered this with both those people. And it also seemed like something really specific to last weekend. I don't know what was going on energetically last weekend, but it was like a lot of people just needed to be on their own. And yeah. So you mentioned your clients. So now that you're kind of not working in the traditional Western way, how do you work with clients now and what do you support them with? Mm, beautiful. Well, I have a array of different ways I'm working with people. Um, <clears throat> I have one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is generally people who are moving from what I've now called the default world, which I love that. I love that term. It just makes, it's like the real world doesn't make sense to me. So the default world is like, okay. Um, so yeah, generally clients that are moving from the default world into a form of awakening, they're really at the beginning of their journey. These are people who are just like, okay, something's missing. Something's not quite right. What is it? And then that's the time. They're ideally people who work or want to work with psychedelics who are also new to them in different ways. Um, but not always. They're just generally people who are, who are quite connected but haven't quite figured out how to work those energies. And then we just work together for four sometimes six months, it depends on the end, but um, we work elementally with the earth, then the water, then the fire, then the air, kind of creating a, a journey into, yeah, just deeper embodiment, deeper self-discovery, which, um, yeah, works. It's, it's a holistic approach. We look at everything. I'm not like a business coach. I'm not like a health coach. I'm a I'm an awakening coach, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, People tend to find me. They can't remember how. <laughs> I like it that way. Yeah, just magically, synchronistically. Mm. And then, and then I have a group that I'm working with right now, and that those are people who have chosen themselves that they're going to start microdosing certain psychedelic substances and then i've created a group platform where we all do that together in a safe space where we um, mitigate risk reduce harm make sure that they don't make certain mistakes make sure that they know that too much of a good thing can be an issue in these situations mm. and just yes, uh, share our experiences and so i kind of mix that with coaching now which is great so we're using the microdosing to really leverage specific goals set at the start of the microdosing because like so many people are just like yeah i microdosed like a few times i just nibbled at a little bit of mushroom chocolate or whatever and it's so unstructured and this is like a way of just like really maximizing working with the medicine, working with the increased neuroplasticity, working with their creativity and really like focusing on what it is you want to achieve with it. Mm. So yeah, that's another way. And then I do intensives with some people um, based on their needs, but that I generally, yeah, I generally work with people for a while before we consider going in and doing like a proper day intensive. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, that sounds so cool. You know, microdosing has been kind of a buzzword over the past few years. And I spent a lot of time in San Francisco and that's, I spent 10 years there and that's where I kind of had my psychedelic awakening. And in the last few years I was there, it was like all the tech people were uh, microdosing on acid and mushrooms and stuff, which, yeah, I would love to hear more about that and how it affects performance. Because when I first started doing psychedelics, it was like, you know, we would, we would take like, like an eighth of, you know, eighth of mushrooms and just like blast off, you know, and be walking around talking to trees and flowing in other dimensions, which is a far cry from what I think you're talking about and guiding people through. Yeah, microdosing, I guess the whole point of it is that it's subperceptual. You're not completely out of your normal state of awareness. So you're able to hold it down and go about day-to-day -day life, but you're also kind of optimized in the way that your brain has become more plastic. So you're just really seeing things from a different perspective, but kind of in the same place so it's just a very subtle shifting of the lens it's like kind of moving it from there to there mm. and it's like just creating all these different pathways so that your lateral thought processes are just maximized so things like um you know reasoning uh creativity creative processes just get opened up i like i love that i don't know if you've read the latest michael pollan book i haven't called How to Change Your Mind. Uh, yeah, it's really great. It's all about um, the current sort of new wave of psychedelics, the new psychedelic renaissance. And yeah, in it, at the very first page, there's these two circles. It's called a homologous scaffold. It's what the researchers have done of the brain on psilocybin, which is the active part of mushrooms. And essentially they inject it. And it to me, it looks like the difference between the brain, which has no psilocybin, which has just got one or two little connections going across from different parts of the brain, and um, and the one that's got psilocybin, which is literally just like, it's like a mm -hmm. web. It's like, and it reminded me of this um, time when I was in Vipassana and I had like this thousand petaled lotus just kind of like whoom, opened at my consciousness. And I was like, wow. And it's just like, almost like the thousand petal lotus in 2d it's, it's just like i feel like it's a tool for awakening but what's so beautiful about microdosing is you don't have to go at it like you're like on a rocket ship launching to the moon because right. not everyone is as open-minded as i am or you are dijon we're just like yeah throw that eighth at me i'm gonna walk around and talk to some trees a lot of people like to keep some semblance of control and um we have to respect that and understand that so it's like i just love microdosing because it opens people up to these amazing to this amazing potential like to slowly go up that journey of awakening in a different way mm. yeah, yeah I, I love that and now that i have blasted off so much i'm like i don't really need to do that anymore you know like the microdosing is more enjoyable for me to just kind of open the door you know mm -hmm. And, you know, you say you work with psychedelics in general, and I'd be interested to hear the differences between like acid and mushrooms for you and what is more appropriate in what situation, because I've had, you know, very different experiences with those two um, tools. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, really, it comes anecdotally. Do you mean like large doses or, or microdosing? Um. I'd love to hear both, you know? 
large doses, what's the, what's your experience, the differences? Yeah, I just feel like with the mushrooms, I feel like I'm communing with a, a nature spirit. It feels very organic. It feels, mm. you can feel the sort of, yeah, the earth and yeah, you feel part of the earth with mushrooms. Whereas with LSD, I definitely have that like almost robotic sense. It kind of feels more like the AI kind of energy coming in. Mm. And and it makes sense because when you think about how old LSD is as an as a substance, I think it was first made in like 57 or something. I can't remember when exactly, or 67. But essentially it's a young spirit. Like if you if you subscribe to the animist belief system, which is that everything is imbued with spirit and consciousness, then it's like LSD is a young consciousness. It's kind of fickle. It's a bit just like, it doesn't really like, it hasn't had enough time and energy put into it to have a sense of gravity or like weight to it. Mm. Where the mushrooms feel such like a, they feel so ancient and like primordial. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you watched the Joe Rogan podcast with Paul Stamets where they like interviewed each other and, and Paul Stamets was basically like your ancestors were mushrooms and Joe Rogan's face is just hilarious. <laughs> True, I, like, I haven't seen that one. Oh man, you got to watch it. It's worth it just for that one moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically it's like, you can feel how ancient mushrooms are, but you can also feel kind of LSD kind of feels like it's kind of clearing a lot of space. There's a clean energy to it, as long as it's clean LSD, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and it feels very crisp and very functional, but it's sort of lacking in an organic element. Yeah, in my experience, LSD just like turns up really quickly. So if I were to personify the two experiences, it would be like LSD is like, okay, you're like, okay, Larry, um, we're going to party, but I just need you to be like chill. Like last time you weren't that chill. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. Yeah, I can do chill. Chill's no problem. And then you're like, okay, here we go. And then you do it. And he's like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, let's do it. And that's my experience. And you're just like, God damn it, Larry. I said chill. And then once you're on that trip, it's like the worst thing you can try to do is control it. Right. Cause it's, it's, yeah, already, yeah. it's already in you. So you just have to go. But I've definitely had some experiences um, on LSD where I was just like, like I had one experience where I literally thought I was losing my mind. Like I was sitting there with my friend Bethany and um, I couldn't talk and, but we could like telepathically communicate. And she was like the only person that I could understand and that she could understand me. And we were just looking at the stars and I literally felt like it was only in the whole universe. It was only me and her and she was like making little um hand motions and then i would see things in the stars and we would communicate that way and because it was only me and her i like had this deep gratitude and i was like you know thank you for being here with me and for entertaining me and she just was like bowing you know and this was all telepathic right and i was like if you weren't here i'd be all alone in the universe <laughs> right so it was like <laughs> super tripped out and then in mushrooms, it was just, it's much more of a like um, older and embodied. And like, I usually want to get down on the ground and like kneel and like feel very tribal and, and like dance and move my body in ways that like, I'm not used to moving them, but feel extremely natural. And I remember I used to 
when I first got into mushrooms, they were so profound that I started drinking mushroom tea like three times a week. And I was doing that for, for several months. And I was going to ecstatic dance in Oakland and drinking mushroom tea and just like dancing. And, and, um, one time I did it and usually I did it when I got there. So I would come up sometime during the dance. And this time I was like, I wasn't show up like, with it kicked in so i did it before i went and i started coming up on the bart train on the way over there <laughs> which is like the last place you want to be coming up with mushrooms because you're inside this tunnel underground and like there's really loud noises and it's fluorescent lighting and it was just like it was awful and then when i got there i was just like really out of sorts and not feeling good and the mushrooms like talked to me and um, I went upstairs to the tea table and I was just sitting there and there was, there was like six women sitting at the table, which is me and six women. And because they were so intuitive, they could like feel that there was something going on with me and they all stopped what they were doing and like put their hand on me. And the mushroom said, they were like, this is not a toy, you know, like you need to respect this or we can make this really unpleasant for you. And I was like, okay, I won't do it again. <laughs> I won't, I'll respect it and I'll do it. I like do it with intention and with reverence. And now when I do, I do like set my intentions and, um, and honor the sacredness of it. And it's not just like something that's a party. Like I'm going to go dancing. So I'm going to drink some mushroom tea, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still feel like that's okay. Like as long as like I set that intention before I do it when I go into that context. But I think that sheer amount of like every three times a week is like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's okay if it's sporadic and intentional. But for me, it was just like, it wasn't that intentional. I was just like, this is fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I love it. They're like, <clears throat> Yeah, they're just like, check yourself, you know? Because there's a lot to integrate from those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like if you're not doing the work in between, it's just like you're just missing a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Agree. Fully agree. So um, you're currently running a a program, right, with people? Yeah, exactly. We're actually about to have our third call, I believe, tomorrow, which is exciting. Third of six. And yeah, it's it's. Um, it's an 11 week course. So we have one call at the start and then everyone starts their microdosing and then we get to just like check in together and see how it's going. I mean, this really is like, I have to make a disclaimer, obviously, like these are people who have chosen to microdose of their own accord. I've opened a space for people to connect and talk. There's a bit of education because obviously I have my medical background and I'm interested in the neuroscience and neurophysiology and what's going on with that. So it does fascinate me. And so I did I have done a bit of teaching on that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. So going back to your question from before, microdosing LSD versus mushrooms, what the general anecdotal reports have said is that LSD is better if you're like at the kind of execution phase of the tasks at hand. So mm. it's like you've done your storming, you've done your forming, and you're at the norming phase, if you know that storm form norm. Um, but basically, essentially, that means that, yeah, you've kind of done your creative work and you just want to, like, get shit done. Whereas the mushrooms, it's kind of like if you're maybe working more with the emotional body or trying to connect to your feelings more, 
and things like that, or you're you're in the more creative space, then you want to maybe microdose with mushrooms. But everyone has completely different results, completely different responses. One person might report something, and the other one's completely opposite. And and there's also it's important to note that mushrooms can actually well. I've seen this more with mushrooms than with the LSD. Seem to make anxious people more anxious. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's actually a study that they found. Jim Jim Fadiman, the sort of granddaddy Harvard trained psychology of of microdosing, who wrote the psychedelic um, the handbook. This can't remember what it's called now. The guidebook or the psychedelic guidebook. Um, yeah, he basically has done a lot of retrospective studies. Over with like two, about two thousand people, and they found that yeah, there's some people it does cause increased anxiety. So mm. it's much better for people who are depressed or low in energy. Because what I find is with these substances, because they affect the serotonin receptors, they essentially kind of like sort of ramp up your energy levels a bit. And yeah, that can be like if you're already a bit kind of like then it kind of like it's kind of like the extra level of that, which yeah, it can be a lot for someone to hold down. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, I think it's it's good that it shows that you're balanced when you acknowledge the positive and potentially negative effects of what it is that you're offering, you know? Well, that's completely necessary at this point uh, with like what happened last time. Kind of Timothy Leary just being really like, yes, everyone needs legs. And it's like, obviously I have my own experience, so I'm biased and I am just kind of like, yeah, just drink some ayahuasca. But it's like, <laughs> for some people that's really not right. So I do check yeah. myself as well. And I just be like, you know, what? that's not everyone's path. Or it might be that it's not their path right now. And it might be in a year or two once they've got a solid meditation practice or they're, totally. they've already optimized other parts. So it's kind of a catch 22 situation. Cause for me, I found that drinking ayahuasca led me into meditation and all those things. But again, like I've got openness as a really big part of my personality. So I'm just open to experiences. Whereas other people, the overriding need is to feel safe. So if someone doesn't feel safe, then they're not going to release what they're going to release. They're not going to feel held. They're not going to be able to ultimately heal. Mm. So someone else needs to come at it from the other direction. And so it's just really knowing people and where they're at and and also not letting them like hit resistance and listen to their own bullshit and stay small and just like kind of avoid something that's going to give them massive benefits so, right yeah beautiful well thank you so much for for doing that work and being a what's a good term like a psychonaut <laughs> like guide you know i don't even know what i am these days i'm just following the flow following yeah. the guidance yeah, the mushrooms really like called out to me three years ago and, and I was just like, okay. Next thing I knew I was in like Oaxaca in southern Mexico, like bumped into this mushroom shaman and was just like chilling with her for a bit. And I was like, okay, still not sure what's happening, but it's <laughs> some more experiences. And then that led me to Jamaica and I worked with the micro meditations retreat there. And yeah, I just got some more, like, I mean, imagine 22 people on like, five to 20 grams of mushrooms each <laughs> all tripping together i was like oh i think that was a lot of good experience but i don't think i'd ever go with a group that big like mushrooms are like really capricious little children you know they like to just like switch and change a lot so um yeah that was crazy but when i finally got home last summer and i was like you know what i think i've i think i've done enough things i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. have some out. time to ground yeah yeah wonderful well 
Um, that feels like a good doorway into your world and, and what you offer and the way you approach it. And, you know, I invite people to connect in more deeply if you feel inspired um, by what Alex is offering here. And feel free to add anything else or tell people how they can connect with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, the best way to connect with me is to either follow my Facebook page or Instagram, both of which are Alchemy with Alex. So that would be facebook.com forward slash Alchemy with Alex forward slash or Instagram is Alchemy underscore with underscore Alex. Um, or you can visit my website, www.alchemywithalex.com. And all of those would be really great ways to find me. And the only other thing I have to add is that I've just got the cutest cat that's just been chilling with me the whole time. <laughs> so asleep, he's just like, whatever. Oh, look at him. What's, what's his name? His name's Sahar. Hmm. He's honestly just like, he's, he plays fetch. He's my favorite thing in the world. Very cute. But Dijon, thank you so much. It's just been such... A pleasure to have you as my wingman through this process of really stepping up with our coach. It's like, yeah, I really love the energy you're putting out. I'm excited for your How to Be a Motherfucking Legend course. And I hear that that's already popping off and just, yeah, excited to walk this path with you and catch you real time in an airport without being like sliding doors. <laughs> yeah, I thank you for that. I received that. And it's wonderful to have you as a reflection as well. And I look forward to celebrating with you at Africa Burn or in London or, you know, celebrate our, our mutual success and stepping up our leadership and service. Mm, beautiful. We shall. And so it shall be. And so it is. All right. Well, thanks for being here. And we will catch you guys soon on the next episode of How to Be a Motherfucking Legend. Peace. Oh. I so appreciate you being here. If you enjoy the energy that we are creating and building, share it with the homies. Take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram stories. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Really, those five-star reviews are really going to help this get to more people. Just let people know about it. And if you ever want help going deeper into yourself, developing yourself and doing that with a community and with guidance, head on over to programs.howtobeamotherfuckinglegend.com and we got you. Until next time, peace. <laughs>